Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in the present circumstances, it is easy to become discouraged. We look around, we turn on the news, you open the newspaper, it seems every kind of social media is presenting some other terrible situation, aren't they? And in fact, we can come to see the world through, yes, tinted lenses in a a sense where you just kind of hang your head. You just kind of wonder what's coming next. And into the midst of that then comes perhaps some, some good-hearted Christians that want to tell you that, you know, God is in charge of everything. God's in control of everything. There's some grand plan behind the scene that always makes us a little uncomfortable, though, doesn't it? Because really, what what kind of parent would give their child some terrible illness in order to, to watch them die, but somehow, behind the scenes, right, there was a grand plan for my child's social development. You'd say, huh? But it sounds more like child abuse, doesn't it? And so, really, that's why our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, has always kind of come down in that position where we want to teach people that, yes, God is in control of the people that follow him, but he's not in control of people that commit sin. Now, it it should seem like a a no-brainer, but yet our culture has become so influenced by this idea that God is in control of everything that, yeah, it's useful to come out once again and try to, to lay out the building blocks so we can understand just what's going on. For you see, you and I have free will. And you and I, at any moment in time, can exercise that free will to either commit sin or to follow God. And certainly when you and I make those good decisions to follow after God, to do what's right, then we're doing God's will. God's will is being done by us in our corner of the world, within our family, within our community. But guess what? The opposite is also true. When you and I make decisions to not follow God, when we make decisions to actually commit sin, it's not God's will. Again, you know, what, what I'm saying, it should sound perfectly logical, but yet somehow in our society, We've been trained to such an extent to say, oh, well, look look at those people rioting. That must somehow be part of God's plan. 
Oh, look, look at those people disrespecting authority. Oh, my. That must somehow fit in with God's grand design. And no. It's not part of God's will. It's not part of God's plan. You know, God actually tells us to look out for sinners, doesn't he? He actually tells us in his holy word to not even associate with those people. And then he gives lists through the Bible about people we're not supposed to associate with, people that we're not supposed to be hanging around with. You maybe would be surprised at some of the things on the list. Number one, People who disrespect authority. Right? What is like the number one thing in media today? It's to kind of honor people who are disrespecting authority, isn't it? By the way, we have governments throughout our nation calling for the, the removal of the police department. Some of these things simply seem insane. They're not part of God's will. They're not part of God's plan. What's required of us today is that we as Christians would stand up once again and we would begin to follow God's will once more. You see, the, the commandments in the, the Holy Scripture, they're, they're not just kind of vague. They're not just, you know, weird suggestions. Right? You have the command, honor your father and your mother. The command is not, if your mother and father are really wonderful, caring, good-hearted people, then you should probably treat them well. No, the, the commandment is, simple and direct. It, it doesn't matter if your father was a, an alcoholic. It doesn't matter if your mother was a, a drug addict. It doesn't matter that your parents really blew it when they were raising you. The command is still there that you are to honor them, you see. That's why you're, you're just supposed to do it. And from within that commandment, then God begins to lay out the structures of authority. We are told in the Holy Word that God has laid down those structures for our well-being. And we're told in the Holy Word that God has given the rod of correction to, to law enforcement that they might look out for our best interests. See, when people throughout our, our nation are, are suddenly calling for the, the removal of the police department and, and they're, they're suddenly rioting, but, but that's okay, we, we'll just call it a... They were protesting when they tore down statues and chopped off their heads and threw them in the lake. Oh dear, we have to just kind of let them get that out of their system. That is not God's will. That is sin. You see, in the midst of a riot, you standing up for God's word might get you hurt. It could even get you killed. And the 
Scripture warns us about that. It says, until you have suffered for Christ, you're not part of him. Until you have gotten to the place in your Christian life when you're willing to stand up for what is right in the face of social opposition and take a little bit of heat, take a, a little bit of damage for that, God says, you're not part of the family. And really it makes sense, doesn't it? Because that's how you identify a faith. From a real one, right? It's like a, a, about a, you know, the, the silly sport of, of football. If you're a real Green Bay Packers fan and you walk into a, an establishment where you're surrounded by Minnesota Vikings fans and you just kind of, oh yeah, I don't know, yeah, football. Are you really a Green Bay Packers fan? Right? And if we can get an idea about the foundation from just uh, some, you know, well, silly sport in a sense, right? Although maybe they'll have football games in heaven, but for some of you, you're thinking, yeah, football is a silly sport. But we can, can get the basic idea, the foundation from that analogy. We should be able to well understand you represent Christ wherever you go. If you walk into a, a meeting, you walk into a group of individuals that are, are bad-mouthing their authorities, right? bad-mouthing their parents, right? bad-mouthing law enforcement, talking about getting rid of the, the structures that, that support and maintain us, and you say nothing in defense of that, well, guess what? You're just like that Green Bay Packers fan that walked into the bar with the Minnesota Vikings and shut up, said nothing. We're fearful. You're not really doing God's will. You see, dear friends, throughout our, our nation, as riots, yes, they've been riots that have been taking place, not just peaceful people expressing themselves by burning down buildings. No, they've been rioting. And as these riots have been taking place, God is not present in the riots. And God's will is not being done at that time. Oh, maybe the next day God is present as he directs friends and neighbors of that business owner to come and support that individual to maybe help to rebuild their place of business, the, the establishment that was badly damaged. Maybe he's with that, that group of community conscious people that come out the next day and begin to clean up the graffiti, begin to, to repair things that, that have been damaged in their community once again. You see, yes, God is present in the Christian, isn't he? That 
individual that, that saw his neighbor's business beginning to be vandalized that, that ran out and stopped other people. Yeah, maybe God was present in him. And certainly God's will is being done by some people at, at, at some time throughout our world. But it's not being done by everyone at all times. That's why we always pray in our Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For see, yes, God's will is always being done in heaven, isn't it? But here on this earth, we have to pray for it to come to pass. We see, there are evil people, aren't there? There are people who disrespect authority. There are people who rebel against their own parents. There are, there are people who just everything coming out of their mouth is some disrespect for, for our country, our, our nation, our, our president, our Congress, our, our police officer. It's not God. And so, dear friends, you and I are called to go out once again into this world. Yes, it could be a hazardous occupation. But we're called to remind people about what God's word is, about what God's will is. We're called, yes, to confront evil at times. Guess what? That's going to mean that we take a little bit of flack. There, there's a little bit of heat. It could mean that, that there's some suffering involved. But God tells us, count it all joy when you suffer persecution. For you know, the prophets were persecuted. For you know, that means you're really a part of my family. When you uphold that word of God in the face of the current culture, when you uphold the ideals of God in the face of what seems to be surrounding us right now, yeah, it can be tough, can't it? You know, you and I, we grew up in homes where they you know, used to kind of teach some social skills. And maybe you heard the, the little, you know, uh, parables from, from mom or dad or, or whatever. You know, you, you, you can, you know, gather more bees with honey. Right? Then you came with the fly swatter. Okay? But now, we, we, we see people even going into meetings with the President of the United States practicing the social skill, using their, their words and, and their conduct and their demeanor in order to perhaps try to create a positive outcome. And they're terribly criticized in the media for acting in a respectful manner to the president as they meet with him. It's like, come on. 
that's just insane, is it? God is not in some of these places right now. And God is not with some of the people in our nation right now. But he's still with you. And he's still with the Christian. And he's still with you as you go out to produce a simple act of kindness. He's still with you as you choose your words more carefully, as you act respectfully, as you support law enforcement, as you support governing officials, and as you protect your neighbor's property, and as you still show love, even in the midst of all the confusion that's out there today. And dear friends, the interesting fact is that God says he loves us so much that he desires for each and every person to be saved. You see, in God's master plan, there, there's not like, oh, hey, when, when I created so-and-so, I, I created them to come be in heaven with me someday. But, you know, that other person, when I made them, I wasn't quite so sure. Now, that other person, I, I, I don't know if I really want them around. And, in fact, in my master plan, they're, they're just going to, you know, fail, and they're going to sin a bunch, and they're just not going to make it. That's not it. But God desires for every single person to be saved and to come the knowledge of Him. And God provides opportunities throughout our nation every single day that that seed of His truth can come into people's hearts and minds. Just like the, the parable, He throws the seed around freely. But I mean, you know, you think about it, some of you who have, have farmed or, you know, even grown a garden, right, you, you kind of carefully prepare the soil, right? And, and you know, you get into some fertilizer probably, and then, you know, you carefully plant it, your seed, and, you know, that, that seed is going to go in a specific place. It's certainly not going to go on dry ground. No, it's certainly not going to go in, in those weird places. But no, God says, hey, I give the seed to everyone. I throw the seed out freely. Every single person has the opportunity. Now, but what happens is based then upon your own heart. See? Maybe for a, a, a brief time you, you, you flourished, you, you grew up, but you had no root. Right, maybe persecution came and you said, oh, this Christian stuff, it, it, it's too hard. Maybe just something bad happened and you blame God 
for it. God wasn't even present. God wasn't present in that drunk driver that ran down your niece that wasn't somehow God's fault or part of God's master plan. No, God was in the, the paramedics that responded. And God, God was in the hospital staff that attempted to help your niece. God was, was with all the people that came in and surrounded you and, and tried to lift you up during the funeral. We have to get over this idea that every time something bad happens, somehow it's part of God's master plan and it's just all going to work out and we'll, we'll finally see it in the end. Because, you know, guess what? When the riots were taking place in Minneapolis, it wasn't part of God's master plan. It was Satan running wild, doing his thing. But God was there the next day, wasn't he? He was there in the hearts of good people who came alongside their friends and neighbors and helped to put their lives back together again. And yeah, God was throwing seed freely, right? You know, it's not God has written off those people who do evil things. He still spreads the seed freely, but it's up to the individual to protect the gift. You know, God comes in and he says, I sent my son, my only begotten son, to die on a cross to open the way to heaven for you. So you can get in. So you can be with me forever. That should be the most precious gift that we would ever receive, shouldn't it? So, so how do you treat the gift? Do you protect it? Do you nurture it? Right, well, well, you folks do. You come to church on Sunday, right? I see your smiling faces here, right? Every week. That, that's part of protecting the gift, isn't it? That's part of nurturing the gift that God has given us, the precious seed of life. But of course, we know there's other people that go, who cares? So what? Jesus died on the cross to open the way to, to heaven for me. So what? Or, no, God really let me down. Let me tell you, Pastor, 20 years ago, oh, God should have been there. He just wasn't there. It's God's fault. Huh? No, we come up with the excuses and we come up with, with reasons to, to not protect the precious gift that's been given. It's easy to do. But guess what? We need to turn around, don't we? We need to get our friends and neighbors to begin to come back to that place when they understand this precious is Jesus Christ who died on a cross that your sin can be forgiven. You can be made new again. That your past can be wiped clean. That gate of heaven open for you. And when you have something so precious, something so special, you need to protect it. 
And you can't let all these outside influences distract you from it or try to take it away. But rather, we need to be able to nourish our faith. And we need to be able to uphold our faith. And we need to especially be able to protect our faith from the outside forces. You see, God loves you that much. He doesn't even care from what background you came. He doesn't care that at one time your, your, your heart was hard and dry. He doesn't care that at one time your, your heart was full of weeds. He doesn't care that you were, were messed up or the, the kind of family background that you came from. But rather, he loves you, your friends, your family so much. And all he wants is for you to make it home to him safely. That's all he wants. He gives you the, the free pass. What are you going to do with it? To each and every day, you and I, we wake up and we can decide. Are we going to do Satan's will? Or are we going to do God's will? Are we going to participate in the things of the devil? Are we going to participate in the things of God? Are we going to respect our authorities? Are we going to mock our authorities? Are we going to lead our lives God's way? Are we going to lead our lives Satan's way? And then we go out, and through the course of each day, right, the decisions that, that we make in various ways, you know, they demonstrate who we belong to, don't they? Who is my Savior? Who is my Father? We represent Him. In everything that we say, in everything that we do. We represent Him because of His love, don't we? Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we may be called the sons and daughters of God, that we may be called the sons and daughters of God. Jesus loves you so much. He wants you to be an instrument in his hands. To actually go out and be his hands in his feet. My dear friends, after all Jesus has done for us, and the love that we have for him, can we do any life. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.